Hey, one more thing before you go. Welcome to another episode of Over the Teacup Sunday, where Diane and I are going to continue to take a deep dive into the world of the 2023 Oscar-nominated films and talent. Today, we take a look at everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a mind-bending science fiction film that takes the audience on a thrilling ride through multiple dimensions, timelines, and realities. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. I'm here with my lovely co-host and wife, Diane. Hi, everybody. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go, Over the Teacup Sunday. Hey, Diane. Hey, Michael. Listen, we I, I am very, very, very proud of us, first of all, because we have been able to really get the um, handle on watching a majority of what the Oscar-nominated films are so far. I know. It's crazy. I don't think we've done this in a number of years. We must be living in another dimension. Must be. Sort I, of I like... think so. <laughs> yeah, it it is. Uh, I think that uh, it's been enjoyable because we've been able to kind of watch films that we may or may not have really wanted to watch in the first place. Yeah. And it kind of opened our eyes up, I think, to some more um, entertainment, drama, laughter, tears, yeah. you know, re reality. Yeah, I'm, this movie, though, I, I had always wanted to see this one um, since, you know, first seeing it advertised. Um, wasn't really expecting it to be so bizarre, crazy, bizarre and but cool all at once. It is, ugh. It's, you know, it's, in, it's interesting because it's won so many other awards outside of the Oscars that, you know, there's, there is, they've got to win something in the Oscars because they've won Golden Globes, they've won SAG Awards, they've won DGA Awards, they've won, I mean, there's so many other awards that they're already winning. Um, I'm hoping that it doesn't exclude them from the Oscars because they absolutely deserve it. And I know that there's a few little secrets that we're going to discuss during the, this review hopefully all of you out there have seen this movie if you haven't seen it you really need to go see it go see it um if i remember right it's it, i forgot where we watched it but we got to watch it was a peacock uh, oh hbo max it might have been hbo max I can't yeah I, either way if you haven't seen it yet you really need to see it but we're going to enlighten you about uh this is a a bizarre but a very very fantastic movie and and in reality i think that uh the possibility of this actually existing um is like right there you think well absolutely i mean look the matrix started it all it, That's true. it got us thinking that the possibility exists that we're actually living in this type of a world with different dimensions and different opportunities and these guys took it to the next level let me tell everybody about it it was written and directed by the dynamic duo of dan kwan and daniel scheinart uh they're best known for their work on swiss army man which is a very bizarre movie our oldest daughter got me into watching that and let me tell you it's really kind of never heard of that one it it stars uh daniel radcliffe and uh i can't tell you the other guy's name off the top of my head but you know, that, this is a whole different movie review, but right. um, it's very bizarre. It's about a, a guy that's stranded on a, a desert island and a body washes up 
and the body that washes up is uh, Daniel Radcliffe. We don't know how he died, how he got in the water, how he got to the island. Hmm. And um, the superpower that he's got is even though he's dead, he can talk to this guy. Hmm. It's really crazy. So they, they, they obviously have it down for delving into uh, the bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've also done The Death of Dick Long, which I've not watched. The film features an ensemble cast. This film features an ensemble cast led by Michelle Yeoh, who plays an exhausted Chinese-American woman who can't seem to finish her taxes. We've all been there. And <laughs> finds herself thrust into a cosmic adventure beyond her wildest dreams when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality. It become, She then becomes an unlucky hero who must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance and it's up to her to save it. With mm-hmm. stunning visual effects and a story that explores themes of identity, destiny, and the power of human connection, everything, everywhere, all at once is a cinematic experience that will leave you both breathless and contemplative. And a little confused. And a little confused. So there you have a movie review right at the beginning of the conversation. Um, It's, you know, we watched this a a little bit ago, but it's still fresh in my mind. Yeah, I mean, um, I actually want to see it again. (laughs) And I I usually don't want to see movies more than once. I mean, no, not really for me to want to watch it more than once. Yeah, yeah. It's very unusual for you to be able to do that. as I said earlier, it stars Michelle um, Yeoh, who we know from, you know, I'll give you her credits in a second, Ki Hugh Kwan, James Hong, Stephanie Hsu, Jamie Lee Curtis, and a whole list of ensemble cast that's really, really good. Michelle Yeoh is a, in, um, we know her from like the, the Witcher, Blood Origin, if you watch that. The School for the Good and Evil, which I just started watching. She's really good. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legends of, Ten, of the Ten Rings, which... So good. That's an outstanding movie as well. Love that movie. Yes, very much so. She was in uh, Gunpowder Milkshake, which uh, is also an excellent movie. A couple of Star Trek movies, Crazy Rich Asians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And um, I mean, her resume goes back like 59 times. She's got 59 different credits along with uh, 11 upcoming episodes. Uh, Stephanie Hsu, we first met her in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but her credits also include Poker Face, uh, which is something we've got to start watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kung Fu Panda, The Dragon Knight, uh, Shang Chi, and The Legend. So she was uh, Legend of the Ten Rings. She was in that with uh, Michelle, mm-hmm. um, and she's got more than thirty-five projects under her belt as well, with five upcoming. Ki Hu Kwan, you probably remember we first met uh, him when. You probably first met him when we he was playing uh, uh, Short Round, um, the character in Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He's the Asian guy that uh, basically got got Indiana out of a whole bunch of mess and problems. He a little kid. He was a kid. kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, what I remember that movie is him him taking off driving, and he had taped uh, blocks on his feet. Mm-hmm. So that he could reach the gas, <laughs> the gas pedals and the brake. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he was the little inventor kid in The Goonies, one of my favorite, favorite all-time movies. 
Um, he starred in uh, as Jasper Wong Kwong in the sitcom Head of the Class. He was in Encino Man with um, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, thank you. Uh, who was nominated for The Whale. We still have to watch that, but we haven't had the opportunity to yet. Um, he kind of stopped acting for lack of opportunity in the late 90s, and then uh, because he gave up. And we've seen him in several interviews where he just basically said, I, I don't think I'm meant for this. I'm done with this. And he got this script. Um, and put, I put that in his hand, and he kind of went, you know, I think th this is, he manifested this. He told his wife, you know, this is, what I think, what I want. Um, if I remember right, he, his wife really, really, uh, helped him manifest this to come to fruition. Uh, I think yeah. we saw that in, um, CBS Sunday morning and a couple other interviews where he credits her with the fact that it's like, don't give up. This is your part. Yeah. So yeah. this, this movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, um, he won a golden globe for, he was nominated for an Oscar. He's got about 15 credits prior to this. Uh, and he's got some upcoming projects as well because of this. So I'm very happy for him. I really like him. Yeah, he's he seems like a really good guy. And in his interviews, he's um, he gets very emotional about it. He does. About what he went through um, in the business, you know, auditioning and auditioning and auditioning. And, you know, sometimes feeling like that, like he did it, like, it, you know, he yeah. was going to get a call. And then he go and two weeks go by, three weeks, a month and no call. And for years, years, this happened to yeah. him. And he finally so, just gave up. So he started working behind the camera, which, um, you know, because he still wanted to have a part of it. And so he was a stunt coordinator, I guess, for a lot of movies. Yeah, it's interesting. And we'll talk about this when we get into the movie. But um, he, um, I didn't realize that he, he uh, pretty much knew some martial arts mm -hmm. very well, actually. Mm -hmm. Um and he applies this within the movie. You will see it, and you'll see that he has broadened his expertise in in um, uh, acting. You can see that he's got a, a bigger definition of himself as an actor. And mm -hmm. because this, I mean, this movie—I don't know if you classify it as a comedy or drama or dramedy, because it's, it's got some. It, it's everything. <laughs> yeah, it's got. It's got I mean, that's why the title, because there's just yeah. so much going on. So it, it's he really shows his uh, acting chops, as they say, uh, in, in the middle of this. Um, he's also obviously working with a stellar cast and everybody that that is, is here has been in the industry for ages. Uh, James mm -hmm. Hong, everybody would recognize James Hong. You look at James Hong and you would recognize him. What blows yeah. me away is that James Hong is like 94, 95 years old. He's still working in the business. He's got over 600 credits to his name. And it's insane, but mm -hmm. you see him in everything. And for 94, he looks great. Yes. I'd say, I think he looks like he's in his seventies. Well, one of my favorite movies with him is, um, big trouble in little China. I know. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of my favorite movies in him. He's always night, about 80, well, 75 or 80% of the time he's playing a bad guy. Yeah. He, you know, he's either part of the, um, the, the Chinese mafia, you know, mm -hmm. or the, you know, the Japanese mafia or any, something along that line. A lot of it is that, but he plays it really, really well. He, does. Um, <clears throat> he can be a scary bad guy. Yeah. And, you know, he was, in, he was, uh, he's actually been in several movies that were uh, nominated by, uh, for an Oscar. 
um, Love is the Many Splendor Thing, 1955, uh, Sand Pebbles, 1966, that was with uh, Steve McQueen, uh, Chinatown, 1974, with Jack Nicholson, Bound for Glory, 1976. He's appeared in uh, films uh, that have been selected for National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, I think four of them. Uh, for being culturally, historically, and rustically significant, like Flower Drum Song in 1961, um, Airplane, 1980, Blade Runner, 1982. Uh, and as I've said already, he's got like 600, more than 600 acting credits. And at 94, he's the eldest um, Asian star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He actually is 31 years older than the Hollywood Walk of Fame itself. Wow. <laughs> and he finally just recently got a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, Well-deserved. Yeah, Well-deserved. Sure. Uh, and, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis, as we all know, is the daughter of legendary actor Janet Lee and Tony Curtis. Tony, we had the pleasure of meeting and uh, kind of partying with when he had him at our screenwriting conferences in Las Vegas way back yeah. when. He was we so nice. Him. But he's uh, a really sweet guy. He is. He's, uh, she's best known for Halloween, the Halloween series, and uh, subsequent mm -hmm. film series afterwards. Trading Places, 1983. Fish Called Wanda, 1988. One of my favorite movies. Uh, Knives Out. Um, and she's got more than 80 credits to her name for, and has a bunch of uh, credits that are upcoming. So, what, was the, what was the one where she was with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I, oh, True Lies. Yeah, Lies. she was in True Lies as well. I forgot yeah. about True Lies. Um, yeah, I love True Lies too. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, if you guys haven't seen True Lies, you need to see it for sure. Same thing with Trading Places. Trading Places, she's good with that. And A Fish Called Wanda, you need to see that as well. It's a lot, a lot more in depth than, uh, oh, and, um, oh, what's the one? Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Yeah. Freaky Friday with, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Classic. I mean, classic movie. So she's, she's been in the so, business forever. She's just so good in mm -hmm. everything she does. <laughs> we watched her in a series too. And huh? it's been a while, so I don't remember the, I honestly don't remember the name of the series. It was, uh, it was directed by the guy that did Glee. It had uh, Jonah, one of the Jonas brothers in it and a slew oh, of other. Scream Queens. Yeah, Scream Queens. That was it, Scream Queens. She was also in that, yeah. That was good. Now she yeah. she just seems like such a um, even though she's been in the business for for as long as she has and born into the business basically, you know mm -hmm. she still seems to be pretty down to earth and just you know herself and um I don't know I just think she's cool. I'd love she to is hang cool. Out. Well, you know we we tried. There was rumors she was going to show up to our conference, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, due to uh, filming. Um, schedule. She wasn't able to show up to the conference when we honored Tony Curtis, but it would have been kind of cool to meet her. Awesome. At that time. I mean, as well, you know, Tony Curtis was one of my heroes. I grew up watching everything he was in. And uh, so just meeting him in particular to me was like, wow, you know, it, it just blew me away. And um, I got to buy Tony Curtis a drink and, you know, he gave me a nice big ass hug. He was strong. Yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> he really, really was. And then he started um, hanging out with the kids. <clears throat> you know, our girls were both there. They were smaller. And, um, you know, some of the other, the people that were working with us on the conference, they had their kids there. And yeah. I 
him standing in a in a circle, like a ring around the rosy type circle with Tony Curtis. Yeah, he was having a really good time. <laughs> he asked all the kids questions about themselves and yeah. what they want when they grow up, and it was just, oh, I mean, that was a great. I, it, it was a great experience. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah, great experience. Um, let's get back to the movie because we're yeah. getting sidetracked. We're remembering. Um, we call it reminiscing. We were reminiscing. But reminiscing is okay. It's a Sunday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this movie in itself, everything, everywhere, all at once, is divided. Uh, and we're not giving anything away. We're just going to give you a little bit, a tidbit here and there, just a kind of a little bit of stuff to kind of get you to understand it. Um, but it is important to know that it's, it's been divided into three parts. Uh, part one, we find uh, Evelyn Wang, who is uh, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, she's the Chinese-American woman who runs a struggling laundromat with her husband, um, Waymond, W-A-Y-M-O-N-D, uh, so you know I'm, I'm not messing anything up. Uh, that's Ki Hu Kwan. And the business is being audited by the IRS. Uh, the IRS auditor is Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and Stephanie Hsu is her daughter. Um, is Michelle Yeoh's daughter. Michelle Yeoh's daughter, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Michelle Yeoh's daughter. Um, it's caused rising tensions on the eve of the Chinese New Year, and her father, Gong Gong, who is James Hong, mm -hmm. ju just arrived from China and is living with them, and she's got a very complicated uh, relationship with her father, and you see that through, actually, all the dimensions. Yeah, yeah, is, it, it really was um, yeah. not, it was never in any of them that they showed that they were kind of good. <laughs> It was, it, yeah. yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, at least you think her in all these different dimensions she ends up traveling through. Um, you know, she, she would at least find one where everything was kind of cool. Um, I wonder if that, the, the guys that wrote it and directed it, maybe uh, they had some daddy issues. <laughs> maybe. Played them out in here. Maybe. Well, as she sorts out the receipts on the dining room table before the IRS appointment, she does not notice Wayman's attempt to serve her divorce papers. Um, her daughter, Joy, which is Stephanie Hsu, and her girlfriend, Becky Medell, arrive. And as Joy is meant to help uh, breach any language differences at the IRS meeting, uh, Evelyn is still struggling to accept her daughter's lesbianism and uh, is reluctant to introduce Becky to Gong Gong uh, mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. The generation gap within that comes uh, the some stipulations. It's still very difficult for some people to come out um, in this day and age, you know, especially to the older generations that don't really don't understand it. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, it, you know, he comes down the stairs in the laundromat while she's dealing with the customer. Evelyn introduces Becky as Joy's good friend, causing them to storm out. So part one, I think um, it, it really delves into the, um, the, the dynamics of a very dysfunctional family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's um, because they have to set it up, obviously, they have to kind of set up the whole, all the relationships. Um, I personally found it a little hard to get into. I was kind of like, okay, what is this going to do anything soon? Like, are, are we going anywhere with this? Because it's, um, you know, seeing there wasn't really one good relationship. Well, I guess um, the uh, Joy, the daughter, and the father, um, Way Waymond, they have a good relationship. So at least there's that one. But it's hard. You know, you get 
go through the whole part one and, and it's just dysfunction and yelling and negativity and screaming. And it, it, it was hard to get into, but you are rewarded with the rest of the movie. So don't give up, keep watching. It is a great movie. I personally, I think it was good for us to see it at home and not in the theater because I know there was a few times we had to stop it and go, okay, what was that that just happened? And we have to rewind it. And, you know, so at least if you're at home and you can do that um, to help understand it more. But yeah, I agree with that. And, and it's, it you watch these, these individuals um, throughout, you see a very dysfunctional society in general, basically. I mean, it shows dysfunction in, in every aspect of it. And it kind of, you know, we can relate to that in certain perspectives, I think. You know, not, you know it, especially me as a cop. I mean, uh, cops, when, unfortunately, when I say this, it, cops see the, the worst people in life and they see people at their worst. And then we see the best people at their worst, you know, 95% of the time. So you see dysfunction around you on a daily basis as a cop like this. So it kind of reminded me of that, of the realities of what society hides behind a closed door. Yeah. You know, from that perspective, a lot of people don't understand what's going on behind a closed door. But once you start seeing this and, you know, it, it's as you progress, I think, you know, in part one, what you see is them uh, show up to the IRS building and, um, while they're, while they're drawing up, and I'm not going to give it all away, but um, while they're going up in the elevator, Wayman's personality kind of changes, and he's briefly taken over by a version of himself from the Alpha universe. Mm -hmm. And upon being connected to a headset, Evelyn then sees an overview of important moments from her life. And that's where you kind of see the dysfunction within her own family, and she kind of understands it, including like her father's disappointment at having a daughter. Um, it... it I don't know, and for, forgive me for not knowing this, I probably should have checked it before we did this. Um, I think that uh, at certain points in time, China had restrictions on you can only have one kid. Yeah. So if you got a daughter, you couldn't try for a boy. If you got a boy and you wanted a daughter, you couldn't try for the daughter. Mm -hmm. you, you got one kid. And yeah. I think this might have been the um, situation in, with on regard to this and he was disappointed in getting a daughter and he would rather have had, um, you know, uh, a boy, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but to Wayman, he explains that every decision creates a new parallel universe and that they may all be in danger and gives her a list of instructions on the back of a on the back of the divorce papers, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and then sitting down with the IRS inspector, Deidre, I can't even pronounce Deidre's last name, Bobirda. Bo who is Jamie Lee Curtis for hearing it. So yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis and yeah, her makeup was, <laughs> I mean, if you didn't know it was Jamie Lee Curtis. It might be kind of hard to see it. Yeah. It, it was, uh, yeah, she was really made up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big time. And, and it, it's something that you would think of every, by being called down to the IRS office, you would think that every one of them look like this and sound like this and are snotty <laughs> and mean and, you right. know, slamming and, you know, uh, like here, that they're getting the wangs are getting scolded by their stacks of paper receipts and the the tax deducted items and what they could deduct and what they can't deduct and you shouldn't have taken this and you shouldn't have taken that and you know it's kind of a 
um, she kind of drifts off. And I think all of a sudden, she kind of swaps her shoes on the opposite feet, and uh, which is weird, and imagines herself in the janitor closet and then clicks this green button on her headset, and then all of a sudden, things start happening. And this is where you start understanding that she's now multiverse jumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but it was, and, hard to, it was hard to grasp for, for a few minutes. It's like, wait, what, what is happening here? But yeah, it, and, and the, what they have in the movie that makes people jump to the different multiverses is, is just bizarre stuff. I wouldn't have, I don't, wouldn't have thought of, but clever. Well, you know, these guys, the Daniel brothers, as they're called, um, really, like I said earlier, they've kind of, they've got some bizarre concepts in their head, but in this particular case, um, compared to the movie that I saw Swiss army man, this movie blows that out of the water. Does it? But at the same time, I think that that movie set a precedence for, for a them. little bit of this movie. Yeah, and and kind of shows probably what they're what they are and how what what kind of filmmakers they are. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And and you know it it's you know it's really and again we'll talk about this here in a few minutes again but um, it is I think it's a it's an intricate, let me see if I can form my words correctly. It's an interesting perspective to, to the fact that this these multiverses really have the opportunity to actually exist. That each one of us ha have maybe a doppelganger in another life that's doing something different, but has a different skill than we have in this life. Right. And the whole concept is, and, and I'm not giving this away because it's in the description, um, the concept is, is that we can literally pull from those other multiverse people that we are. Identities. Identities. We can pull on those to help us in this universe if we do it correctly. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, wow. Speaking of an, <laughs> yeah, speaking of an interdisciplinary approach to, uh, life. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be fantastic. You kind of go, well, in this particular case, you know, if you're getting mugged, what do you want to do? You call on your Kung Fu side, mm -hmm. you know, and you kick their ass and then, you know, you go back to you, borrow from there. Wow. Just to, I wonder how you get in touch with the other yous. Hmm. Well, you have a little green button like she did. See, <laughs> put your feet on backwards or put your shoes Somehow, on backwards. Reality, I don't think it's that easy, but. That would no, be cool but, to Yeah, think of the concept. Let's say, hey, Diane, you want to have a nice French dinner tonight? I will take the French chef of me and uh, cook up a nice dinner, and then we will sit down and have a, a French dinner without being in France. Well, can we just go to France instead? Okay. Okay. We, oui, we. Oui. <laughs> I mean, if, if you can jump to a multiverse, it might be, you know... The well, it might be cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Cheaper to jump to the multiverse than it would be to fly to uh, France and get a hotel. Mm -hmm. And in part one, what we do is we find out that Deidre actually has a little bit of a heart. Um, she allows them to, uh, another chance to turn the receipts in again by like 6 p.m. And um, it, it kind of it takes off from there. And mm -hmm. uh, you see that maybe she's not as bad as she thinks she is. 
up until um you know see i don't want to give too much away i know it's so it's so hard for us to do these movie reviews and not have any spoilers so i i'll give a disclaimer if you have not seen the movie yet then i would say that you you could probably stop this and fast forward just a little bit or um go watch the movie and come back no. and listen to this <laughs> maybe but but then we're defeating the purpose here so well basically what happens is is waymond um kind of his alter ego from the alpha kind of returns and uh, he has to fight off a bunch of security guards after um michelle yo punches jamie lee curtis in the face and um so they go to have security guards go to arrest her and all of a sudden uh ki hu kwan is uh, a jackie chan yeah i mean he really did he it, I, for a second i was like wait a minute did jackie chan show up because i mean he really he embodied that it was crazy yeah it's pretty slick. You weren't, yeah it was crazy it pretty, yeah uh and you know it it is when he shows up, he brings her back into uh, the break. He explains they're being chased by Jobu Tupaki, and uh, whose mind was invaded and uh, splintered, I guess exploded and splintered after being pushed too hard by Alpha, Evelyn, whoever that is. Um, now she can verse jump and manipulate matter at will. Um, and she's become basically pure chaos and evil. So that's and who they're running from during the whole movie. Alpha Evelyn, you said whoever that is, Alpha Evelyn would be Evelyn from the Alpha multiverse. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, yeah, Evelyn, yes. Duh. <laughs> One of those days. <laughs> a, lot, a lot to the movie. There's a lot. Uh, yeah, it is. It's interesting because when you start understanding that uh, they get to multi, you know, jump from multiverse to multiverse, it, I think it is, uh, I think it's unique the way that they have directed this movie. They wrote this movie. They pulled this movie together. And as they start jumping from multiverse to multiverse, even in part, all through the whole thing, part one, part two, and part three, the interesting fact and the tidbit is, and I'm going to give this away. I'm sorry. You can fast forward here in a second if you want to. I'll tell you right now to do that if you don't want to know. The guys that did the CGI and all of the FX in this movie, there's nine people that did it, and they are all self-taught. So what you see in the movie and all the FX and the CGI and everything that you see in the movie is done brilliantly. Yes. And they're all self-taught by watching YouTube videos. Um for the like six months before they did it. That is insane. That isn't because I'm sorry. They were not nominated. They no, were not they nominated should have been. for special effects. Yep, I, yep. And, and I'm t the only reason they weren't, I could guarantee is because that news came out about they were self-taught through YouTube and they didn't go the regular way. And people I'm don't guessing. like it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you snubbed because of it and i'm telling you they should have not only been nominated they should win it the special effects are beyond insane if if i would not have known that if i would not have understood that if i would not have um come across that 
I never would have known that they taught themselves on YouTube. Nope. It is, it, it, it's phenomenal what they did yeah. with this movie. And it's sad that they were snubbed, but there you go. Politics is everywhere. Politics is, yeah, exactly. I think that uh, they should have been included in it, especially from that perception. In fact, when we were listening to the Oscar nominations, I mean, there were, there's numerous Oscar nominations for this movie. I think they have 11 of them. Yeah. Um, but one of them is not FX. One of them is not special effects. Um, sad. Very yeah, sad. Yeah, which is bad, which is sad and bad. Uh, but the everything else that they're nominated for, they absolutely deserve. Yeah. You know, well, I think when we were talking earlier about some of these other movies and who deserves an Oscar and who doesn't deserve an Oscar, this year is very, very tight. It is very I in in fact the the supporting actress category Stephanie Shu and Jamie Lee Curtis are both up for best supporting actress and I I hope they don't cancel each other out because I I wouldn't be able to choose between them and I love Jamie Lee Curtis um, yeah. I, Stephanie Shu I mean throughout the movie I was just like gosh she needs she needs to win this she needs yeah. to win this well and realistically whoops um, Yes, and realistically, I know that um, Michelle Yeoh won the Golden Globe for Best Actor, and yeah. he was the first Asian actor to win that, and actress, uh, actress to win that, and I, and she well deserved. I mean, we watched her, we watched her for years. Yeah. We've watched Michelle Yeoh, and, I, and she, I've always, um, I'm, I'm friends with her on Facebook. Actually, mm -hmm. we, you know, I've always followed her. I respect her for what she does for the craft, you know, and she got into martial arts in the movies to portray their culture and martial arts as being a part of their culture, not just a, uh, you know, a kick-ass kung fu movie. Right. You know, it, it, she, she got into it to literally teach the world that martial arts are part of our lives, whether we think so or not, right. and is part of our life in such a way that it becomes a culture within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, she does an outstanding job in this, in this instance as well by showing mm -hmm. that you know it wasn't overly done, and I think uh, the the martial arts that she ends up with within this show because obviously you have to know that it's Michelle Yeoh, right. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you know, and and yeah, it, it's interesting because she um, the way she portrays again everything and and how she's come about. I'm very impressed with what it, and if she won this Oscar, it would not. It wouldn't break my heart. No, I think she. Really I think she deserves it. it. Absolutely. And realistically, it's because she had to play like nine different characters mm -hmm. yeah. within herself and keep track of those nine different characters, mm -hmm. which is, you know, like crazy. Uh, let's get on to part two real quick. She's how old? Michelle Yeoh is 60 years old. Uh, but, yeah. you know, when we watched her in the interview on CBS Sunday morning a few weekends ago, um, the guy that interviewed her was at her house and she was uh, there stretching. Yeah. Showed her, showed him her stretching routine. But she does every day. Every yeah. day. And it was like, holy crap for a 60 year old. <laughs> uh, yeah. I try to stretch to get out of bed and, you know, I have to call for help. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, she's, she's, uh, she deserves what she's going to get here. And like I said, we've said this in some of the other movies, but, and honestly, it is just a tight, tight, tight race. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, she, 
she's up against um, Anna Darmus for Blonde, and boy, I I I don't know. I would want either one of them to win. So. And Anna, as we said earlier in our, if you haven't watched it, go back and watch our 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 review on uh, Blonde. But Anna Darmus uh, embodies. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. I mean, embodies her like you yeah. would think you were watching Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, so it's crazy. gonna be, be a crazy. Um, it's gonna be crazy to see who wins. So, part one was everything. Part two is everywhere. So, Evelyn's mind ends up splintering across the universe, and she witnesses many of the bizarre universes. One where she spins signs for a living. One where she has hot dog for fingers, which is crazy. <laughs> She's dating Deidre, who is Jimmy Lee Curtis, in that particular one. Um, and they all have hot dog fingers. <laughs> Which maybe the guy, the Daniel Daniels, were uh, uh, smoking a little something. <laughs> That's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then one where she, uh, she where a fellow Tapanyaka chef is controlled by a raccoon. Um, reminiscent of uh, oh, that cartoon, um, Ratatouille, Ratatouille. Mm -hmm. yeah, reminiscent of Ratatouille. So you kind of see that. Um, Jobu once again finds Evelyn, Jobu's the, the evil one, finds Evelyn and explains that she's not trying to kill her. Instead, she created the everything bagel to destroy herself because she's tired of never being present in any one universe. She merely wanted to, um, like someone to accompany her into the unknown. Uh, Evelyn stares at the bagel and accepts Jobu's nihilistic view that nothing matters. And she begins to be cruel and uncaring in other universes, including using her loved ones, disregarding her responsibilities. Um, she even stabs Wayman. I mean, there's just so many things that keep, that goes on. Now keep in mind that all these things that we're telling you, you know, they change throughout the movie, uh, especially when they change universes. Although everything always comes back to the one that, that originated mm -hmm. Every, everything starts coming back to the one that originated so <clears throat> in in this particular one this part two basically um there's a lot of things that come about where she starts realizing like things like uh, every universe i got this out of this because and it reminded me so much because of my own dysfunctional family um, not us, not you and I, but the one that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, but in she kind of takes note that in every universe, uh, Waymond actually, even when she hurts him, he always defends her. He cleans up after her. He takes care of her. He's always there for her, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And you kind of see that that you reflect back to the divorce papers. Mm -hmm. I think, and you kind of go, "Why is he going to do? You're trying to get the divorce papers, but then you." you can really see where the, 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 I guess how the family was trying to survive, you know, yeah. they ended up with a laundry mat. I mean, it's like an old cliche from, from the Asian community, mm -hmm. you know, you end up running a laundry mat and is that your life? Right. You know, does that make oh. you happy? You know, the, your, your nickel and dime and everything. Um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Kihu Kwan was he was he an inventor in that movie? In this movie, I don't remember. Um, I feel like he had some things that he wanted 
yeah, that he always he was always trying new things and they I'll never try, did. Yeah. And that was yeah. part that was part of the pressure in the marriage that you know he was always yeah. but he, he always so optimistic too and she yeah. never took that she she never she went to the pessimist side he was always optimistic about everything and it drove her crazy <clears throat> and i think what i recognized was also the pessimism came from her father yeah and the the view from her father and then the fact that she had to take her father in and it looks like the business is failing and now the irs is coming after them that further makes her into a failure which in her father's eyes is going to just compound upon itself to continue to be looked at as a failure. Yeah. And it, the, it, the daughter he never wanted. Yeah. And the daughter he never wanted. That's what I, at least that's what I got out of it. No, I, I, I get that too. And I, yeah. but I think she goes through all these multiverses too. That, and she, she, things, things take place in each multiverse for her that show her, how she either screwed something up in the original multiverse yeah or or a way to fix something in the in the original multiverse so that she can and that goes back to every decision you make creates another parallel universe yeah which i think to fix the one that she want that she's in yeah and, and i think that the uh that kind of gives us uh, uh something to, to think about to ponder that uh, actions have consequences and maybe the actions and the consequences don't just affect us in this universe. It may affect us way down the line or it may affect us. Who knows if the, I, I know I and you believe in other, I won't say realms, but I believe in the other side. I believe in um, the in-between. I believe in the opportunity that there's a veil there that uh, we go to. So, you know, you and I both know, and we've had conversations on, on the show where we know that we can, when we die, and, and you can, the, those out here are watching and listening, you know, this is our perspective. Um, when you die, that you have the opportunity to pick your next life. And when you pick that next life, you carry some things from your past with you. And I think it kind of reflects a little bit on that through this movie, as in, yeah. I think that's why the mind splintering and you can, you, in this universe, you can be this, in this universe, you can be that. So instead of saying, um, we're going to die and I'm going to come back as a, a, a Kung Fu master in the next life, you can reach across the dimension and pull from that which is inexistent right now. So your next life is actually coexistent with you in the right. present, which right. I've actually had some conversations with some people through the podcast mm -hmm. where they have brought that to my attention prior to this movie, where mm -hmm. they said there are multi dimensions with us in each one of them that we do something different. So we exist in all of them at the same time. And that might be where I think this is approaching it from. That, God, wow, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I'll be thinking about that the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because when you see all this, you know, it it's consequences for actions, uh, I think, have a deeper meaning within this movie. And, you know, even, you know, um, Ki Hu Kwan, he, Waymond, you know, he explains that his optimism is not naive, but it's rather a conscious choice to be kind. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, that she starts recognizing that. She starts recognizing, oh, well, maybe I need to be kind because she is reflecting what her father, it goes back to, I mean, it goes back to so many things, intergenerational trauma. Yeah. What you see here is intergenerational trauma. She's carrying the load of her father's guilt of not having a son through her life and being a failure from the beginning, from the time she was born, because she wasn't a boy. She wasn't born a boy when he wanted a boy so much. So everything and anything she ever did was never, ever good enough. So the negative and the negative aspects of her life continue to kind of blossom from that. Well, and, and she carries it, she carries that whole, um, you know, shame, guilt, whatever you want to call it of, you know, you're never good enough. And she carries it right down to her own daughter. Exactly. It, it, it intergenerational trauma. It brings it all the way down. And which in turn says, well, my marriage is not good enough. My business is not good enough. My daughter's not good enough. My husband's not good enough. You know, and I, and I think this, uh, it gives her time to reflect upon all of this. Now, if in reality, that's these multi universes are what presented that or whether or not she was just doing all this in her own mind, that's something for each one of us to, when we watch the movie to kind of decide whether or not this was all in her mind or whether or not it actually is a possibility, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that the movie was so well done that it, it, it's never really settled. You know, it, it's kind of us to take with us and decide yeah. what it was really all about. Now, I mean, and there are some things, like I said, a, a disclaimer, we're giving away some things. Um, Evelyn does have the opportunity to confront Gong Gong her dad about his lifelong disappointment in her and then stands up for herself against him. And he's kind of dumbfounded at first and then kind of, then kind of goes, well, okay then. Mm -hmm. Almost know, like that, waiting for her to do her whole life. Yeah. Like a, like a closure, mm -hmm. you know, I guess from that perspective. Um, so from, you know, I think part two kind of, kind of gives the characters to give uh, themselves pause and uh, in the middle of all this fight, to be able to kind of understand that we've got the opportunity to reflect within ourselves, to change negative, um, um, what I say, negative pathways, negative thoughts, negative practices, mm -hmm. to kind of put a stop to the intergenerational trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that we're I, committing. I don't know that it gives a recipe of how to do that, but you know, maybe it, it gets everybody thinking, oh, wait, maybe, maybe we do have intergenerational trauma and maybe we need to, we need to look at that and try to fix it. Yeah. And, and, um, I th I th and I think that, I think you're right. I think it, it gives us the opportunity to really think about whether or not, if it does exist, we have the opportunity to fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and again, through the podcast, you know this uh, from the podcast and, and those of you that are, that are part of this family know this. Throughout this podcast, I actually have several episodes that are about intergenerational trauma and how it can affect you and how you bring things back. You know, it, in intergenerational, intergenerational trauma, just so you have a better understanding of it, is that we bring with us the negative and the positive from our parents, and they bring with them the negative and positive from their parents. And then the same thing, it goes back to grandparents, great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents, and each time that it co comes down the line, 
it is emphasized and certain aspects of that trauma are emphasized through each generation. So the one that we're in right now is compounded on itself over numerous generations. And the only way to break that intergenerational trauma is to recognize it and then take the opportunity to stand up to it like she does in part two and correct it so that it doesn't continue with your kids so that your husband, your spouse, so that you can uh, move forward in a positive way and allow the intergenerational trauma and all the negative aspects of it to go away. So, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, Part three. Part three is all at once. So you have everything, everywhere, all at once. Part three, we're back in the tax universe, the original one we came to in the first place. The family dynamics are noticeably improved as they prepare to go back to the IRS office because they did have another chance. Evelyn and Wayman uh, kiss in the lobby in what is clearly their first romantic moment in a really long time. And I think that, um, you know, from that perspective, she co- coming over from part two, you're seeing that she allowed some of that negativity to kind of disperse, had a better understanding of why mm-hmm. um, Wayman was the way Wayman is. And um, it, it gives her the, it opens her eyes, basically. I think opens your eyes. And then of course, you know, um, Deidre seems impressed by the work that they did and explains that there's still more to do. They're not out of the woods. And, um, you know, it kind of, uh, even though they get to this particular point in part three, part three is a little bit shorter than part one and two. So it's not your typical, if you go to a play and you see it in two acts, you got one full act, one second full act or three part, you play, you have one full one, you know, full one, two and three acts. It, I think part three is a little bit shorter, but I think it kind of wraps everything up and you see everybody evolving into a nice um, understanding yeah. of each other and how the world's supposed to work and how we work within it. And I think it gives us um, reflection. They allowed them to take that intergenerational trauma. And in my opinion, and you guys go watch the movie yourself, but in my opinion, I think it gave them opportunity to, you see that they say, hey, we see what we're doing, let's fix this. Now, do you think all the characters kind of realize that? I I only got that maybe she and Joy, uh, maybe Wayman? I, I think know. Wayman did, yeah, because Wayman, they decided not to get a divorce. And that's why they kissed in the third thing, because she understood him as well. And even Deidre, Deidre, instead of the, I mean, in the beginning and in the middle, you see Deidre as a nasty, spiteful, vengeful, you know, mean ass bitch, mm-hmm. you know, and by. I think that all the characters realized about all the multiverse, were they all in on it? at the end I, I thought maybe there were some that just couldn't really understand why things had changed but things had changed and well i i agree with that i don't think everybody understood the multiverse from right, from right. their perspective from wayman's perspective even wayman didn't understand it I, that's what i was going to say i didn't think that he no no but i'm saying but it, i i what i'm saying is in the end they they all were able to stop and reflect and pause and say we don't want to be the people we used to be mm-hmm. for whatever reason that came through through this whole journey 
I believe they said, you know, we're not going to be that. I, I mean, I, I won't give the complete ending away because I want everybody to be kind of uh, satisfied with the ending. But in my opinion, I think they got some things resolved to a point where they can move forward. All of them move forward in a very positive way and change their life in a positive way to show that, yes, there are consequences for actions, but we can take right. charge of our own and we can make the change so that those consequences don't take place mm-hmm. kind of a thing uh, in a good way, in a good way from my perspective. And, and It gives everybody, I think it gives all of us that see the movie a little bit of hope that, uh, you know, it's never too late to make changes, you know, once you figure out why you need to make these changes. Um, I think it's just showing all of us that it's possible. Well, I, and I also think it talks, I think it teaches us the, the value of those people within our lives that although we don't recognize what contribution they make to our lives and our relationship, that we need to take the moment and stop and think that, yes, I am grateful that I'm in this relationship. I am grateful for my wife, my husband, my kids, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my son, my daughter, my father, my grandfather. You, mm-hmm. you, I think for me, I got that out of this, that it gives you an opportunity to go, I am grateful for where I'm at right now, and I don't want to screw that up. Yeah, I think so. So my recommendation is that the people that are nominated in this film, and I think, um, uh, if I remember right, I think that uh, uh, all the top cast are nominated. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Michelle Yeoh is nominated. Um, Ki Hu Kwan is nominated. Which, I mean, he's got, he himself has got to be looking back on all these people that turned him down, all these yeah. people that didn't think he could do something, you know, yeah. and his career went, you know, off the rails for quite mm-hmm. some time, and he tried so hard, you know, he's got to be sitting back going, kiss my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Although he seems like nice of a guy to even do that, like, you know. It's true, but... Yeah, but you know, I it's he's got to do a little bit of it at least. He may take it back, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure his parents are proud too. And you know, Jamie Lee Curtis obviously, and and uh, uh, Stephanie Hsu, um, uh, Hong, James Hong, mm-hmm. James Hong. I forgot his name. Was he nominated? Huh? Was he nominated? I'm, I'm trying to think if he was nominated or not. I'm not. I'm thinking uh, he wasn't. On that particular point, forgive me, everybody. I may have to go back and check that. But I do know that um, uh, Michelle Yeoh, Stephanie Hsu, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Kihu Kwan, all of it were nominated for you know, for their parts in the film, as well as the you know the film itself, the direct for direction for writing. Uh, they were all nominated. Oh, uh, they should have been nominated. They got screwed for the uh, special effects in CGI. Uh, they should have gotten for that, but they did not. Shame uh, on them. Shame, shame, shame. Crazy that they weren't. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, speaking of change and speaking of uh, things that are going well, uh, first of all, thank you very, guys, very, very much for uh, joining us this Sunday and uh, uh, helping us to uh, review this film. And we Go hope that it. you enjoyed it. Go see if it. See it. It's it's amazing. It is a wonderful film. Be prepared. It's a little bizarre, but you know, you got to look deep inside some of these movies sometimes. But uh, yes, you will enjoy it. It will not, it will be worth your while. And I think that when you see that, you'll understand why they got nominated for so many things that they got nominated for. Yep. On another note, 
there are some changes coming down the pike for one more thing before you go. Uh, as you know, we are evolving like any good podcast or entertainment. Creative aspect of uh, entertainment needs to be brought about and uh, we're evolving. So you're going to see a little bit a little bit more tightened description. We're still going to be talking the same stuff, um, but a little more expanded. We're going to go a little more in depth on so many things and you will see a new description, but it is the same podcast. It is us. It is the same people. It is Michael. It is Diane. It is the opinion, the experiencers. Um, it is the experts. Um, we're going to be talking about the same things we're talking now, but a little more in depth and from a different perspective. So keep in mind that, that uh, that's coming about, and there'll be some new artwork coming up pretty soon to kind of reflect that change. So after 256 episodes that we're very proud of, we are going to uh, kind of evolve a little bit, grow a little bit so that we can bring you better content, better uh, experts, better experiences, um, you know, a wider variety of content for you to hopefully enjoy, to be educated, inspired, and motivated. And we look forward to you continuing to be part of the One More Thing Before You Go family. Um, I want to thank you very much. <coughs> I want to thank you very much for being part of this family for as long as you have. Please follow us on Instagram at Before You Go Podcast, on Twitter at Before You Go Pod. Uh, we're on Facebook, and uh, you can look for us at the Before You Before You Go Podcast shop. Always have to think about that one. I know. <laughs> and support us, please, and then we'll continue to help us to bring you you bring you this program. So, one more thing before you go. Have a great day. Have a great week. And thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.